Where are you at? Where do you live? New York City. Let me know when you're starting. I have no idea what you guys are gonna do, so I'm rolling. I'm rolling with the punches. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, we'll just ask you some questions. The, the topic is, uh, I mean, the podcast is called Never Broken. Yeah. Basically, uh, you know, skills that you may have learned or you have learned. Hopefully, you're not broke, but uh, uh, you, that you've you learned just, over the you're years. Just, you're just broke. It's very, it's very staticky, very staticky. Mine is? Yeah, very static. All right, Josh, you talk. Yeah, so Alex, the podcast is never broke again. And what we'd like to do is talk to you how you transitioned. Andrew was telling me how you went from Wall Street to, I was seeing you're like in a, not you don't call yourself a magician. You call yourself more of a mentalist and an illusionist. So we felt like it'd be very inspiring to make that transition to basically re- become a whole new yeah so i mean i think that's super cool like you basically went from one extreme to the other i mean how how did you what like sparked you to like leave wall street to just be like yeah become an illusionist so we're starting yeah yeah we started (laughs) what inspired you Uh, what inspired you Look, I mean, to, to, to start from the beginning, I never, I never wanted to do something that would not make me money. Like, as I was growing up, I loved movies. So I was always watching uh, Boiler Room. I was watching, what was it, Wall Street, uh, those type of movies. So I was like, you know what, I'm in New York City. I think that's a cool move to make, you know, to become a stockbroker. So that's what I'm going to do because that's where the money's at. So I chased the money. That was the number one mistake that I made. So, um you know, a lot of people might think otherwise. A lot of people might think that you'll fall in love with what you do once you're doing it. It wasn't the case for me. I was never like that in school. So if I didn't like a subject, I could not fall in love with it no matter what. Right? Maybe it had to do with the teachers not making it interesting, but I couldn't interest myself. So uh, long story short, I left where I started to pursue this dream of becoming a stockbroker. Um, and I realized again that I wasn't loving it. I applied about 15 times to get into, and I was doing financial services before. So I, I, you know, I wanted to make more money. I wanted to have more resources. And when you're working for what I work for, I work for Merrill Lynch. And I said to myself, well, if I'm there and people know the name, they know that brand, well, I'll be able to make money. I'll be able to sell. But the thing is that again, you know, you got to love what you do. So I didn't really understand the business so much because I didn't really focus on it as much as I focused on magic because I was still performing during that time because I started doing this when, when I was five years old. Um, uh, and then, and then uh, I had a client that was actually hiring me in Vegas. So I would fly to Vegas. I would do their trade shows. The guy would pay for my flight. He paid for my hotels. He paid for, for, for my show. He'd always give me a show when I would go there. I would always watch somebody new, Copperfield, then I went back to this boring, depressing New York City in the middle of February, and I'm thinking to myself, I hate what I'm doing. Here I am doing this thing for, you know, they, they paid me $49,000, I remember, plus commission, plus bonus, whatever it was after. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to do this thing. For one no, show? No, no, this is at Merrill Lynch, man. This is Merrill Lynch. Oh, yeah, Screw the show for a second. This was Merrill Lynch. This is what I was yeah. getting paid at Merrill Lynch for the whole year. Right. And... You know, everyone thought it was all glory and it was all sunshines and rainbows and all when you're when you're in this game of, 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 of Wall Street. It's not the case, man. You gotta hustle hard. You start at the bottom, you gotta climb your way up. There's there there, there are no 
there are millions of rules and regulations, right? But there's no real roadmap as well. You had to bring in a certain amount of money. They're paying you 49K, but your goal was to bring in $10 million a year. How does that make sense, man? How do you got to bring in $10 million worth of business, but you only get paid 49K plus after tax and everything? I remember I looked at my first year's uh, income. I was like, what I make, man? I made like 30 something thousand dollars clean. That's it? That's all I made? I'm capped out, man. I can't go on a vacation that I want. I can't buy the car that I want. I got to work backwards now. Here's what I'm getting paid, you know, at 1386 a week or every two weeks. Multiply that by two. Then I got to work backwards. If I want to afford this, I couldn't even get an iPhone. How to get a used phone, you know? And here I am on, on, on Wall Street. After that, of course, you know, with the bonus and commission, you make more. But, that, you know, this corporate America, this, this thing where I immigrated here from Russia, you know, my father always told me, he goes, well, Alex, what you have to do is you have to do something prestigious because that's what they always did, right? Everyone in my family is a doctor of some kind. My dad is a physicist. He's a math genius. So I couldn't go into something that was bullshit like magic. That's the way they saw it. They're like, what are you going to do, magic tricks for kids, for a living, man? That's how... It's not, how is that honorable? So anyways, my parents wanted me to do something really uh, serious, so they would stay with my life. And I figured, look, I don't like medicine. I like the stockbroker deal. I'll go into that. Again, you know, the timing was wrong too. Maybe I would have loved this, this, this if this was before 2008. You know, once 2008 kicked in, Obama took office, a lot of rules changed, man, on Wall Street. There's a lot of things you couldn't do. They threw in a lot of acts. Phone act, can't call after this time, can't do this, you know. And the stockbrokers weren't called stockbrokers anymore. They were called financial advisors. It was a more of a, um, uh, a sophisticated term for these guys, right? And, and you couldn't hustle the way you used to before. Everything, everything was capped there. You know, and, and it's, again, it, it wasn't it wasn't my thing. I didn't like it. I remember I used to I had all these fancy suits that I would put on. I'd come into office. My boss would literally call me into his office and would say, "Hey, come here, Alex. You know, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Why are you wearing a green shirt? Why are you wearing a blue blazer? You know?" And I, I said, "Look, man. I mean, it's just the way I dress." And they they used to give me these speeches about how I used to. They didn't like the way I dressed. You know, they didn't like the way that I was. They wanted me to bring business in by staying in the office. Since when can you ever bring in $10 million a year, man, by staying in the office? You got to be out there, man. You got to be out and about. You got to meet people. You know, the whole thing was just, uh, I could not, it was not my thing. Now, were people successful doing it? They were, but they went in at a different time, man. We had a lady, I remember this, this Korean girl who's, a, who's absolutely genius. She was making like three, 400 grand before she started working at Merrill Lynch and they gave her a tier two salary, which was, I think, like 70, right under 75K, man. You know, so, the, so that, that game changed completely, Wall Street. And, you know, I, I, I left. And when I left, I had a mentor, of course, who was always, he was always my mentor. Even before he knew he was going to be my mentor, I still looked at him as a mentor because he was a guy that, as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, I didn't know this. He also worked for Merrill Lynch. He was in the tech department, though. He didn't do what I was doing. He didn't deal with finance. And this guy, he left Merrill Lynch to pursue a career in performing arts. And, man, he killed it. You know, he was, he was an absolute genius. I called him up. I was like, dude, how do you, how do you, how'd you transfer, man? How, how do you do this thing? He goes, I spoke to another guy, and he said, well, what does he need for you? What do you need to quit? And he said to him, look, man, if I make six figures, I'll quit. And he goes, easily you can make six figures, so quit. So he quit. And he went on to do his own thing, man. Now this guy's one of the best 
uh, mentalists in the country, maybe even the world, man. Who, who is it? Him, who is it? Who is it? Yeah. You really want to know who it is? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't Second know if I can you, mention his name. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can mention his name. I don't know if I should mention his name. Okay. But he gotcha. he 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 is he is absolutely incredible though. He's great. What was your He's what was great. your I'll first match? I'll tell you this. He got an America's Got Talent. He was the only guy that went into the finals um without getting the I forgot what it was, the golden buzzer or some type of buzzer. Uh he 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 basically went into the finals naturally. Anyways, he took he took third place and America's got talent. So people out there, whoever is watching this, can do the research and, and find who he was. Gotcha. What was your first magic trick that you learned? Who who, who taught it to you, or how'd you learn it? You know, it's it, it, it's a question that's hard to answer. I I don't know. I was five years old. My uncle showed me a trick. There was a pen that was coming out of his pocket. So he had this pen, and this, he, he, he would put it or a pencil, and he would put it into his pocket, show that his pocket is empty. He would do these hand gestures like Harry Potter nowadays, right? And then the pen would levitate out. It was incredible. So I asked him to teach me this trick. Before that, there were other tricks. I was too young to remember. That was five, I remember, when I was doing this one. Was that in and, Russia uh, he taught or in me, America? I him. This was here. In Russia? I moved here when I was one. Okay. So we immigrated here, man. We left the communism when I was one. When everything when everything crashed in Russia, that's when we came here, man. We had nothing. We're all cramped up in a studio apartment. Believe it was like six, seven of us. My dad was the only guy that worked, and he had a hobby too, man. He his hobby was uh, uh, being able to fix anything electrical wise. So he was able to fix radios. He would be able to set up radios. Uh, VHS was popular back then. For those who don't know, it was video cassettes. Um, you know, he he was a genius at uh, television sets. That was his hobby. He turned that into a business. And that's how he was able to raise us up until we hit seven years old. And then since he's a medical guy, that's what he studied in school. He went to the best mathematical institute in Russia. He eventually transitioned. Somebody saw him and said, uh, my father's name is Greg. He goes, Greg, what are you doing selling electronics, man, on Canal Street? You know, like you, you got you, you to gotta do what you're, what you're even better at, which is math, physics. You know, that's what you got to do. So that's the route he took. He's a nuclear uh, medical physicist, treats cancer. So anyways, point is that that's the path. I wanted to do something that involved hobbies as well. And I said, Dad, look, if you did electronics, like I could do, I could do magic. That's what I wanted to do. This was, this was much later. But again, going back to the first trade, I'm going off topic, was the, uh, the pen coming out of the pocket. So the pen would come out. It would be a levitating effect. And, man, I get a lot of attention on that trick, a lot, a lot of attention. People would come up to me, how'd you do that? Who's this guy? What's your name? What do you do? You know, I get a lot of attention. And how, you know, when you're five years old and you're in school, and I went to a school where there were 30, 40 kids in a grade, and you're the most popular one because of a magic act, man, that's, that's brilliant, you know? So I don't know. I guess the mystery is what mystified me. And I just pursued this. I continued to do this. There were times in my life I dropped out of it, right? Because I never knew I was going to do this for a living. I dropped out. So I stopped doing it when I was maybe like 10 again. Then I started, picked it up back up. And then I stopped when I was 16, 17 because I thought that my girlfriend at that time was going to find it corny. Because all the girls I dated, nobody knew that I was a magician. This is what I was doing. A lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, that's, a, that's an awesome way to pick up girls. My answer to that is maybe. I don't know. I've never done it to pick up girls. I've done it because I loved it. Yeah. Interesting. It's like it's like a kid playing soccer or baseball, but 
I feel like how many how many kids does that stick with? It's got to be so few. Look, you know, people ask me when I get a call nowadays, and people ask me about my show and everything that I do. I tell them, look, I say, um, how many how many doctors do you know? They say, well, I know a few. I know, you know, I'm like a few. If you really look at your phone, you look online, you probably know more than a few, right? They're like, yeah, probably five. I'm like, well, how many magicians do you know? How many people you got on your phone who's a magician? Nobody. You know, so um, I guess the art also, you know, and I and and I'm very impatient now. Um, I know I got to be more patient. I got the kids, but um, I'm more impatient now. And I just I just remember then I was very patient. (laughs) What I mean by this is when when you're doing a car trick and all the cars fall from your hands and you got to keep picking them up. You know, you got to have patience, man, because the thing falls two, three times. It's a, it's done because I was I, I was doing on top of a bed too because the bed I didn't have to bend down on the floor and you know the the cards would skid around and it's harder you got to use your nails to pick it up so on the, if it falls on the bed it just scoop it back up you start over so um, it takes a lot of patience a lot of practice mirrors angles I mean audience management is very important and um, you know it's a heavy art. A lot of people don't know this. It's a, it's a, it's a hard, hard art, and that's why a lot of people are not doing it. And if they do it, you know, they do it like you know a yo mama joke. They know one or two effects, and that's it. So, so you mentioned like what, what it, when you drop it, when you're messing up. Sorry, go ahead, Hi, Josh. I was gonna say, what tricks are you working on now? Because you're at the mastery level. So, how do you keep getting better and better? So you don't. I'm sure it can get boring doing the same tricks over and over. You know, I'm at a position now where I'm a working guy, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like a, like a stripper, you know, like a working girl. But uh, I, I, this, is, this is what I do. So when I'm performing, the places where I practice are the, the homes, the corporations, the companies I perform for. That's, the, that's my field, right? So I practice there. I don't really practice at home so much. Um, in, in, in terms of what am I working on currently, it's not that I'm working, it's not that I'm working so much on effects now, as much as I'm working on currently what I have and trying to see how I can make it better because I have customized versions of what I do too. So I don't just come in and do a card trick. As a matter of fact, I try to do less of cards unless people are asking me to do cards, you know, because if you, if you, you know, I, I try to be more of the sophisticated performer, you know, I put on a top notch suit. I come into an, an organization where I'm about to perform. You know, I give I give 110 percent to these people, and uh, way over than how much I should be given. And you know, when I when I perform the effects that I currently have, what I try to do is now is I try to tailor this to their company, because now it's leverage. You're not just you're not just using me for general entertainment because that's simple. I can do that. But now you know I I transition now to more of 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 uh, of uh, a service performer, I should say. And what I mean by that is I use entertainment as a service. So I'm performing and I'm providing something that will be more value to them than they thought they were going to receive by just hiring me for a general performance. So, for instance, I would help them sell their product, right? So I had a company that would hire me. or I'll, I mean, I'll, maybe I can mention the name. So it's Molten Brown hired me. They asked me if I can help them sell uh, their, their, their lotions, their perfumes, their uh what was it uh bubble bath uh gels and i created a plan where i can help them sell this so people would walk into the room 
I would greet them. My hands were empty. I'd look at them. I would, I'd say hello. I'd, and they asked me to do this. They said, can you do something with smoke and bubbles? And I said, sure. So I would have a straw and I would blow a bubble. And then I would fill the bubble up with smoke. So that would be cool. You know, it would bounce around. Then I would use my fingers, go right in, straight into the bubble, pop it. And inside there would be a cart, a molten brown cart. And as soon as I would pop it, the molten brown cart comes out. I say, welcome to molten brown. And I would give him the card. So that's how I would introduce people. So already, instantly, right, like, bam, I grabbed the attention, you know. And I would do effects with the lotions and the creams, and I did something where it smelled like I, I, I wrapped some gifts, or I forgot exactly what it was, flowers, and then it would smell like one of their um, uh, perfumes. So now I do those acts, you know, and I, and I help to not just entertain, but I help to sell the product or service. So that's kind of like differentiator now. That's that's more of what I'm working on, more than actual effects, I should say. Integration. Have you ever messed up on the trick? Yeah, have you ever messed up? Yeah, all the time. Oh, what do you do? Do you, do you still mess up? No, all the time. You, yeah, yeah, okay. Messing up is just part, part of the art. All the time you mess right. up. Right. You see, the difference is that, you know, usually the art is done. Like I'll give you an example, right? You walk into the med, you see a, uh, you know, you see a painting. The painting that you see, some it's worth five bucks. Then you find out it's worth five million. But people don't know what they have no. They're looking at it, they have no idea. Now, that person, whoever painted it, do you think they messed up? They probably messed up while they were painting this one in particular. They had edited a few things. You don't know because you see the final piece. You don't even know how it's supposed to look. Even when you see it, like you ever seen, it's like they took paint and they just threw it out the wall, man. And that and that thing goes for like $28.5 million. And you're like, how the heck does this thing go for 28.5? Right? Now, you look at it, you don't get it, you don't understand. But for all you know, man, that's probably what they did. You, you don't know. You don't know what the mess up is. Right? So what I'm saying is, I, I, do I mess up? I mess up all the time. It's just the public, the, the, the spectators, they don't know I messed up. Right? Okay, is there, is there a time where you messed up? Do you, like, recover? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's always a recovery. Okay. The mess up happens all the time. Every act, every everywhere I go, I mess up. And, and one of the biggest reasons why I would mess up more than the average performer, and this is a good thing, actually, is because I'm very bold, right? Like, I can look at somebody and say, hey, man, you're, you're a Libra, right? You're born October. And, 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 and the thing is, right, and the thing is a lot of people would would not do that in my field. Like the performers, they'd be like, well, why would you, you know, if you screw up, like you're getting paid to fail. Well, now if you hit, think about that. The reward on hitting is very strong because then you walk out, you're like, man, this guy looked at me and he said, I'm a Libra. I don't know how he knew nothing about me. He looked right at me. He said, I'm a Libra. He said, my birthday is October 11th, whatever. Right. Like I have no idea how he did that. You know, so um, I, I take a lot of risk, man. But that's the thing, right? If this is a business and you're running a business, it's risks. So why not do it during the act, man? And if it hits, brilliant. If it works, if it doesn't find a way to recover, you know, for instance, you're a Libra, right? Born October. No. Yeah. I tested you out, man. I know you're not. You're, right? you're close. It would have been good, though, right? Close. You're close. No, no, you, you got it. You're close. But now you're giving me hints, right? Right. So if Virgo was good too, were you a Virgo your whole life? 
And then if it's not that, you know, then I would jump into something else. Point is that I, I, I have a way with words. I know how to recover. Yeah. You know, you would never know because I could be like, you know, I could, I, could, I could take a pen, for instance, right? I could take a pen or I could take a phone and a pad, a pen and a pad, and I could write down Libra. Or I could write down better. You know what? No, I'm going to write down Sagittarius, right? So I'd write down Sagittarius, and then I would be like, man, you're a Libra, right? And if I get it, you're like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I ripped this up. I throw it out. Yeah. You don't see that I messed up here. So right. if I say you're a Libra, right? No, I'm not. Oh, man, Virgo is good too, right? Oh, uh, no. Nah. Or, or, yeah, it's a Virgo. Yeah, that's exactly what I have. Damn, uh, like, or, oh, Virgo is good, too. Nah, man, I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm testing you out. That's what I wrote. Sagittarius. Right. You see? So it's like you you, you got to – it's a – the people that hire me, they have no idea about the effects I'm going to perform. No, no, Nobody says, all right, man, do me a favor, bro. I want you to send me an email with every single effect you're going to perform. Okay? What are you going to do? Give me the names of the effects, and nobody does that. They call me, we speak. I tell them, look, man, I'll entertain like no one has ever entertained before. Nobody, everyone who's an entertainer is doing it wrong. I'm going to teach you how it should be done. You know, so people are not hiring me because of the effect. They're hiring me because you are an entertainer. Spectators have no idea. I'm the entertainer. So that's really where um, you, you that, that, that's where you're going to fly. Anyone in the performing well, arts, well, man. Yeah, really like I saw you. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I saw you at uh, in New York. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. what have you ever gotten? You know, you guess the name, right? Have you ever gotten the name the name wrong on the card, or is that? Or yeah, you're not, I don't, oh, yeah, really? because it's not a magic trick. It's not a magic trick. Right. I'm not doing any sleight of hand there. I'm literally looking at the person, having them think of a name, and I just take a card and I write it down. And if I get it wrong, I get it wrong. Right. But again, I have a recovery for those things, too. Right. Right. Now, when you were there, when you were there, what happened? You remember the story, right? Well, you got all of them right. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it to. Um, uh, Who did I do it to? I did it to at the end. I did it to Bradley. Bradley. That's yeah. I did it to Bradley. And yeah. and he thought of somebody. Right. And he's a and, and right. And he calls himself a closer. Right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, this is going to be the toughest character to crack. Mm. And then I had him think of somebody, and I forgot who it was. I think, I, I think it was Danny, and I, and I straight up got it. And, and, like, if you watch the video even, right, you see him. He doesn't, like, explode in, in crazy reaction. But if you see right. him, because he's an analyzer and because he's good at what he does, he doesn't want to break the character because he has that look. You can see him multiple times, multiple times. Like he laughs and he's like, huh. And then he does it like, like it keeps hitting him in the head. Like he's trying to be cool, but he's really not understanding what just hit him. Because <laughs> nobody ever closes him like that. Because he just got closed on that. That's yeah. what happened, man. I closed yeah. him, you know, yeah. on the name. And that's, and, and, and that's the mind boggle, man. But these are, you know, these are the type of people I perform for. I just got a call from United. They want to hire me for their event, right? And... I told them I'm gonna do this whole custom thing with the planes and whatnot. So they're like, I'll get back to you. So they disappear for a week. I don't hear from them. So I'm thinking, man, that's it. You know, I'm not booking this. They probably found somebody else or whatever. He was traveling. This is the this, the the, uh, the director of worldwide sales. 
got back to me and said, look, Alex, we saw your site. We saw your videos. We spoke to you on the phone. We, we love everything about you. Here is what we're willing to offer, right? You are the last person we called after all the, we got it fixed. Because we never knew that we were going to do something like this. We heard the name. We're like, you know, we're going to reach out. We threw everything in already. We, we, they're doing it at this crazy place in the city, right? Lincoln Center. I'll tell you where it is. And they're like, um, can you, are you willing to work with us, do it for us, and on top of the fee that we'll pay you, we will give you two round-trip business class tickets to, to Europe, and on top of that, we'll give you platinum status with United. You know, forever? Forever. That's awesome. Yeah, for you to do this, for you to do this thing, you know. And I said, yeah, man, of course I'm gonna do it, you know, because like, who wouldn't want to work with United, get the status, get the payment, and on top of that, man, be known. You know, that's why I do what I do here, and it's like that's that's the differentiator, man. You know, I'm able to put smiles on people's faces, show them that everything they've seen in the world could be questioned, right? Provide more value by now embedding and integrating everything they have as a business into my effect. Going out there, having to impress their prospects who are going to be there, their own sales managers there, right? They're flying in the CEO is what they said. They're like, yo, listen, we're flying the CEO to watch you perform from wherever he's flying in from. Who is he? Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look into it, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm literally, this was, we we're supposed to connect today. I, I got to send him an email after I'm done with you. I'm going to send him an email. So, you know, but these, these, these are, I do 300 events a year like this. Wow. Why would I ever go back to Merrill Lynch or something like right. that? It's just not for me, man. I perform for Merrill Lynch now. As a matter of fact, most of the people that are hiring me are in financial services. Those are mostly the people, man. I've done, it's funny, I've done all the shows for everybody except for Merrill Lynch. I haven't done, I've done Goldman Sachs. I'm going back to do a Goldman Sachs retreat event this weekend with one of the uh, directors. And, um, but I haven't done anything for Merrill Lynch, but it's the financial services that are mostly hiring me. If so you, yeah, man, this, 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 you know, I love this. You get 300 shows a year. Do you think you need to raise? To do less shows or to make more money on the shows I currently make? Maybe both. Cause you got kids now too, right? Well, I did raise prices. Yeah, okay. I changed the packages. See, most of the guys you call, they have one package, man. Yeah, I'll come in, I'll do the show, I'll leave. All right. Me, I got like seven, eight different ways of doing the performance. Now, look, it, 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 it didn't start like this, right? I had this thing where you fake it till you make it for a long time. You know, on paper, like if they saw on paper, I wasn't making the money that I said to people I was making or the shows that I was doing. And the reason for that is because I wanted to believe my own lie because I really wanted to get to that point, you know? Four to four. Correct. And I was still doing these sophisticated, you know, top-notch events, but I was doing it either for pennies because I really wanted them to hire me because you have to start somewhere, right? And or I was doing it for free. There's still tons of events I do for free, you know, because it's for a certain cause. I either do it for a certain cause or I tell the guys, look, man, I'll do the event for free under one condition. You give me three people that can hire me and pay me my fee. If you give me three people 
that can hire me, pay me my fee. I'll do the show for free for you. Okay? And if you like it, and you, because I know you'll love it, I'll only contact them then. Because contacts, right? It's, it's the contacts that I need. I need the contacts. Money's out there, man. You just got to get the right people. There's tons that's of people a, that's, out there. That's don't a know sales what tactic. Mean. That's a nice sales tactic. Yeah. And that's what I love, man. I love sales. That's why when, like, you know, I met you at that Grand Cardone and all that. I had no idea what Grand Cardone was. So when people saw me after, they're like, man, you know what? You, you, there's a few things you say that he says. Dude, I have no idea. I don't know. I just ran into Grand Cardone recently. Like, I, this is my person. I was always like this. I always loved sales. You know? So then when I saw that dude, and I'm like, holy shit, man. There's somebody on, you know? This guy's funny. Like, if I were to be on that level, I'd probably be like him. <laughs> so, uh. That's trash. trash. Who's, uh, who's your or mentalist? Do you have a favorite out there? You know, I think the I think a good a good professional takes. I have favorites, but again, I'm I'm going back to like my professional uh, life, my my profession, what I do. My goal was to take a little bit from this guy, and apply to a little bit of what that guy does, and apply it to my my own personality, right? So, I love David Copperfield because he's humble. I don't know if any of you have seen the show, but if you go to Vegas, he wears the same blue shirt to every single show. Now, it's and it's not, and a lot of people think it has to do maybe with the effects he does. No, it's just he, he likes that shirt. He doesn't need to put on Gucci and Louis and whatever. You know, that's, that's him. That's how he dresses. And when he speaks... Uh, and for those who are watching, could go on, could go on YouTube and type in David Copperfield vacation destination. Vacation and you'll destination. See this effect that he does, yeah, and he does this effect, and he's doing it in front of I don't know how many people are in the audience, man, close to a thousand, maybe, maybe more. I don't know. It just tons of people. And he says, "Well, I get a lot of letters, right?" And again, it's his personality. So I wanted to take that from him. Now, as much as I try to take it from him, I cannot. I can't take this from him, but I try to. He's very humble when he speaks. He goes, and I got to get into the role, right? So he goes, he goes, uh, you know, I get, I, I, I get a lot of red, uh, I, I receive a lot of letters. And particularly, one letter that I found really interesting was this letter that I received from a gentleman who hasn't seen his father in over 15 years. And I tried to help him. And I have the gentleman sitting in the audience right here today. Uh, Jerome, can you say hello to everyone? Hi, Jerome. Everybody's staring at you. Everybody's watching you. But don't worry. I'm going to try to do some work. And I have a letter here, Jerome. You know, this is how he speaks. Right? It's very humble. Then he does the effect and just blows everybody out of the water. He basically connects his father to him. And his father, I believe, was in the military. He didn't see someone else kid. He connects them, like, on this island. So he, they, they go from where they are in Vegas or wherever it was. And he takes them to, like, this island in Hawaii. Right, and you can see on a video, and he has the standard. He connects him with his father, and then he puts something. He writes before he transfers. He transports him there. He writes something on the kids, on the guy's hand, right? So when he transports him there, so people don't think that this is a video that was taken beforehand, right? He throws a frisbee in the air. Somebody mentions something. He writes it on the hand. He transports him into that place where it has sand and there's water and there's swimming. Man, it's crazy. So I wanted to take that and combine it with another performer. His name is Darren Brown. He's a mentalist. 
And he talks fast, he talks quick. He goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I want everybody to come up here. Everybody stand up, come on, up, 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 up you go. You know, and this, is, and, and, and this is what gets people excited. So I took a little bit from him, right? Then I like cop, uh, David Blaine. There's something that I took from David Blaine as well. It's that, it's that mystery factor that he has, you know, wearing all black. And he's, you know, like he's this enigmatic, this, this character that, you know, like, 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 the, like the Matrix, he's, he's cool. So uh, I took something from him. And I just combined it all, but all of them are brilliant, man. Copperfield has, is, has a great storyline. He's been doing it his whole life. He's number one magician, right? Then we have the mentalist who's number one. is Darren Brown. He's in England, right? And, and Blaine is just the craziest endurance artist, man. Nobody does what he does in the world. He's number one at what he does. And, um, you know, I took a little bit from, from, from all of them, and I kind of evolved. And I had this personality, too, so I kicked that in. Did you study them or is that kind of in the past? I studied them in the past, right? So when I started, there was no such thing as uh, YouTube. I was just reading books. I had Blaine's book. I would read his book. I think it was called Mystery Stranger. Loved that book. Still to this day, it's one of the sickest books you could read. So I loved that. I read that, right? Copperfield, I watched him later um, when he was on TV. Again, it was not YouTube. I saw him. This was a later time. Um... I saw him, and you know, it was aired somewhere. And anyways, I uh, so I took some from him there, and then uh, Darren Brown. I found out about. Uh, I knew about him. All right, this is when YouTube kicked in, like in the very few years, in the first few years of YouTube, I wanted to just do research on magic, and I found so much. But then I found this guy, Darren Brown, and I'm like, man, this guy is just a genius. So um, I love all of them. All of them are great, and I I I, I learned from all of them. What trick? Can you take us a trick right now? Teach us one? Or do you Teach not reveal you your tricks? Um, I mean, I have this thing, and I did a TED Talk on this, right? It's float, floating somewhere online. So I, I did a workshop, and I still do it when I perform at events. So people hire me, and then not only do I perform, but then as an addition to a package, I can kind of show them not exactly what I've done during the act, but a version of it, right? Or like the beginning, the beginner version of it. So, to be honest, there's, there's, there's so much. I mean, I could do something, but uh, certain ideas are, I mean, we're, we're limited to this, right? This is what we're limited to, right? A lot of what I do has to do with just straight-up body language. Like, I got to see you in order to, to, to do what, I'm, that I, what I want to do. But then again, I do a lot of Zoom events, right? A lot of Zoom shows. And I'm going to put on my watch. Where, where are you guys? Florida. You're in Florida? Okay, so you're both in Florida? Yeah. All right, so you know, since you're on the East Coast, here's, here's a question I'm going to ask you. Do you believe in time travel? Andrew took a breath, so let's see what he's going to say. Do you believe in time travel? I don't know. I want to. I go from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I travel time zones. Uh. <laughs> Do, do, do you believe in uh, in time travel, Joshua? I saw Back to the Future. It can happen. It could, you, so you, re you really think it could happen? Yeah. I agree with you. I really think it could happen, right? So here's what I want to yeah, do. Here's what I want to do. Well, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let me, let me leave this phone. And yeah, I want you to see. I'll leave it like this, right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think. Because what fascinates me is not going into the future. What fascinates me more is going back. I think going back is cool. It's cool because you can change things up, right? And that could predict 
your 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 next steps, your future steps. So I'll ask you, Joshua, think about a number between one and ten. Okay. Say it. Three. Three. Right? Now I don't know if you can see this. Okay. That's my kids, and you can see uh the uh, the time. It's, I believe it shows eleven forty seven. Yeah, I want you to see this, right? 11.48 now. I want you to see this. If I go back three minutes, that would be 11.45, right? Yeah. So I just went back exactly three minutes. Look at the time. What time do you have? 11.45. <laughs> exactly, right? So we all went back three minutes, right? So that's, that, so that's quick time travel. But now how do we go in the future? So right now is 11.45, right? And I have exactly 11.45 because that's, that's – I'll put it like this, right? It's hard to see. But that's uh, right, 11.45. That's the time here. How do we go into the future? So I'm going to ask you, Andrew, I'm going to ask you, can you think of an hour, any hour in the future? Yeah. You got one? And then, Joshua, think of any minute in the future. Between 1 and 60? Yeah. You got one? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Say it. What was the hour, Andrew? Two. 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 And you could have thought of anything. What's the minute? 47. Two. No, no. It, no, but he said for, for Joshua had 47. So you had two. So essentially it would be two, 247. Now, right. if you were here, you would see the same exact thing. I want you to see this. I'm going to take this off, right? Check that. Put it in the camera. 247. Look at that. <laughs> there you go. On the dot, right? So I want to. I want to know how you do it. I don't want to know how you do it because I just want to enjoy. It's going to be too much to explain here because there's a lot that's involved in what I do. I believe it. So yeah. I mean, again, this was a quick demonstration. There's a storyline to all of this. Yeah. But um, you can have like a script, and you could be a salesperson that, or you could be someone like Alex, where one deviation of a trick. However, you know you're dealing with someone different. You're like, oh, I gotta go down a different avenue to make this. Right. I guess like that's what the, separates you from like just like a basic card trick. Right, yeah, because 31. So when you five, the you know, you start who who was your uncle teaching you tricks no, or how my did you learn Greg. No, my father's Greg. My uncle is Tony. Uh Tony okay. taught me. He he taught me the first effect and I just I, I went I went from there. I'm sure to add on YouTube on books. It was books, all books. Okay. Yeah, there was no again. Internet was there, but you know when I started at five, this was ninety-five. There was there really. I mean, I didn't have access to internet then. Yeah. Right. So my parents would take me to the uh, public library, and we, even with school, I went to the public library. When the, when when the teacher would brought would bring us in, and then I don't know if you guys remember this, but you know you you as in kindergarten, you 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 went to the library. Right, you guys had it in school, and then they give you the card, the first library card. You remember that? Yeah. Right, you get your first library card. Then you had to check out a book. So what I did is I went to the magic section. And I grabbed a book from there, and it was a book on coins. And I started performing with coins. I came to my parents. I was like, let me get some coins. They were afraid to give it to me because at five years old, they thought I was going to swallow them too. I said, look, no, I just want to yeah, – there's a book. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to learn. I want to practice what I learned here in the book. That's that, that's how I started. It was with books. Thank God it was with books because I'll tell you the people that are starting now, 
have easier access because they can learn a lot, but also there's a problem, right? And I'll tell you what the problem is, creative, the creative factor. There's no creativeness. Because, you know, you, you, you watch the way Alex Voss performs on YouTube and you're like, oh, I like what he did, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy Alex Voss. So if I teach an effect, now they're copying me. They're talking like me. They want to they wanna perform like me. They want to do the trick exactly like me. But there's so many ways of doing it, man. And the way I do it is I, I, I just taught myself how to do it. And with books, there, there's even if there are pictures, it's more of like you got to figure this thing out yourself. You know, so you put your own twist on it. Where with YouTube, you watch a magician and they teach you, man, there's, what's the twist, man? You, you're going to do it exactly like them. They even talk like them. That's the problem. Yeah, I like that. You got to be your own person. You got to find your own style. Like, the way Alex talks and Andrew talks and I talk is all different. Like, so if I try to talk like any of you, people could sense that you're not being genuine. Exactly. Like, and Alex is just being Alex. Like, this is the way he talks. Yeah, and you know what? And I'll tell you something interesting. You know, it never made sense to me. And this goes back to, like, being, like, successful in anything you do. Um, you know, w what did I know? Like, I was a confident guy. I was always confident. But, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're doing something new, and I was always performing, but when my first, first show, and I was getting paid for the show, I was not as confident. As a matter of fact, my confidence was like zero. I remember in the middle of the act, I left. Like, I was performing, I screwed up two effects, I left, and then I, I, I contacted my, my other uncle who got me the, the show, and I said to him, hey, man, I had a family emergency, I had to leave. And he's like, what happened? Because he's family, you know? <laughs> but it was bullshit. I lied to him because, you know, what could I say? I didn't know I didn't know how to tell him, hey, man, you know, I got scared. I left, you know, because I was getting paid. So it's a completely different thing when you're getting paid. Um, but the reason I was telling you this was because the question you asked, you said everyone is different, right? Uh, I, I never understood that phrase where people said, you know, be yourself. Yeah. I was always laughing at that phrase. But what I tried to be is not myself when I was in the professional world out there performing. I try to be somebody else. And I thought this isn't what people want to see. You know, the, 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 the crazy Alex, the, the quick, you know, talkative, over the top. I, I felt like this isn't what people were going to pay for. You know, I didn't know. Because in school, people, sometimes, you know, I didn't have success with, with certain uh, teachers, sometimes even with girls. Because they thought I was this crazy, you know. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to take that experience and play it forward. And I was going to change myself up a bit. Little did I know, it was actually exactly who I am is what people are willing to pay for. That's what they're willing to pay for. They weren't willing to pay. There's even times now where I try to change characters sometimes. And I go do an effect or I go do a show. And I'm calm, you know, and I'm speaking. I'm like, all right, guys, you know. And look, the show is great, but the energy's not there, man. I'm like trying to be like all humble and stuff, and it's just not working. So, you know, I, that's when I realized you got to be yourself, man. So that phrase does make sense a lot. Be yourself. People will pay you for it. Where did you go? To, did you go to college? Of course. Definitely Where'd went to go? school. School is number one. You know, I, 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 did, I did well in school. In the beginning, I start screwing up, and then um, I graduated from high school with over a 94 GPA, which was not bad compared to, you know, what my parents, my parents wanted me to be in the 99, and everyone around me was like the 99 guy. And, uh, you know, I went to college. I went to, well, I went to a local college. I think that's another mistake I made. I went to Queens College, which is local. I live in Queens in New York, and I went to a college nearby, and 
There's two reasons why I went to that college. And again, going back to like what I could have done, I could have been in a different position I'm in right now for the better if I went to a more of a sophisticated university. You know, I personally believe in education. I, I really believe. For, for those people that say, no, nah, education is bullshit, drop out, man. Look, you still need to know accounting. Even if, you're, even if you have an accountant, I think Mark Cuban said it, right? Even if you're an accountant, you still got to know accounting. Right? You still got to have a grasp of the idea. So I think university and college is very important, no matter what they teach you, whether it's freaking anthropology or econometrics or price theory. It's important. So um, the school I went to really had no benefit on me from the professional standpoint. That's exactly what I regret. Um, I wish I went to a more of a, uh, you know, and I could have gotten into Cornell and NYU and, and Harvard. I know I could have, you know, if I, if I tried harder and if I had different, if I had a different upbringing, you know, I, there's not much I knew. And the people around me were all immigrants. Some of them were on drugs. And, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was mixed up in this, in this crowd and I had great people, bad people. So I was like in the middle of it all. Um, but I think it's very important, man. If I went back and changed the hands of time, man, like what we just did with the experiment, if I really went back into the future years and years ago, um, I would have probably gone to a different university, met different people, and would have been in the position I'm in right now. I would have been better than in the position I'm in right now, and I would have had probably even more skill sets. Right. So for those who are listening, and if they're young, man, college, I think university is very important. Not just from the education standpoint, but from meeting the right people. Yeah, totally. We were we chatted with Perry. Count was Perry Calmus. Perry Calmus, yeah. Yeah. Kids in universities. This is your time to network. Right. That crazy kid that's at a party. Running a company one day, and it's like crazy. Surprise you, and so yeah, it totally makes sense on what you're saying. You know, in, in, in my in my in my uh, life, man, that was actually not the case so much. No. I went back with my friends recently. Yeah, we, we we looked back at the cool kids in high school, for instance, right? And I'll tell you this: we had this place in high school used to be called Forty Second Street because in in the city, Forty Second Street is very um, it's overly populated. So we had about 5,000 people in high school, 5,000 kids in high school here in New York. There's a lot of kids. It was overly crowded, man. You could not walk through the halls. If COVID existed then, man, it would have been done <laughs> over there, right? So, so uh, yeah, man, there used to be this place called 42nd Street in between these hallways, these, this, this, this four-stop hallway. And all the cool kids, man, it's either they're gone, and I mean like they're dead, right? Or they did nothing with their life. About 98% of those kids, man, nothing came out of them. They were losers then, they're losers now. And the, and the girls as well. Nothing changed, man. And I looked, at, I looked at high school, I looked at kids, even I went to kindergarten with, man. I saw a picture of, uh, of, this, of, of, of this guy uh, earlier today, accidentally on Instagram. You know, I remember he used to be the, the, the bad boy in kindergarten. He used to punch girls in the stomach in kindergarten. We were like, what, four or five years old? You know, the kid did nothing for, with himself till this day. So I think there's a problem. You know, the, the, the crazy kid, yeah, maybe one of them. But it's actually the geeky kids. You know, the kids that did well in school. In my, in, 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 in just my experience. The kids that none of us really wanted to take part of, you know, as being the cool kid or wanted to be the cool kid. 
the people with a great GPA, those were the ones that made it far and really far with families. And, you know, and they're like, I know this one kid, man, he's, he used to be a professional violin player. And the guy was a genius in math. He had a 99.9 GPA. He was a geeky kid. But look, man, he went to Harvard Law, right? Everyone used to make fun of him back then. He went to Harvard Law. He has a family, you know, and like he's living the life, man. Lives, you know, lives in a mansion, drives the Porsche and stuff. And like everyone used to make fun of this kid. Those kids did better than the cool kids, man. Cool kids, nothing came out of them. Some of them, some of them slip through. Some of them definitely make it. I'd I'd agree for the most part. Most of them don't. I even backtrack to my childhood. I'm like, yeah, oh wow, that guy actually is doing all right, even though he was he was a major head case. But yeah, getting on the right track is definitely uh, good. Good, very good. Uh, Getting on. Don't get me wrong, man. The personality is there to become successful. I agree with you. If you're if you're like that, you know. That's what you need, especially living here in New York. You can't be a quiet person, man. I know there's a difference between Florida and New York. Like when I go to Florida, like anybody that goes to Florida from New York, man, they think everything is slow. And it is. I know it is. But but I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. It is slow. Here, everything's fast, 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 fast. It's moving quick, right? So I can see that while being a quick kid in school, you know, can help to set you up for success. But you need other factors, not just that. There's other things that you need. You know, to go that way. Yeah, so some might have slipped through, and I don't know what you meant by slipped through. I mean it as though they became successful. They were able to right, make something yeah. out of them, right? Yes. Brad, Brad was one of those guys, you know, even though I didn't know him previously. But I, I look up some of the kids uh, that I grew up with, and I see one. Okay, he started his own business. He looks to be doing all right. Uh, but most yeah. of them, not so much. They get caught up on the drugs and alcohol, path, stuff right. like that, and that's that's a big thing. Yeah, but you got to understand where Brad is, right? I mean, Brad, I don't know his exact story. I, I, I mean, again, I found out about the dude recently as well. From what I've seen, yes, I can see how – I remember him saying that. I can see how he was like that as well. Um, but I believe – and look, I don't know his exact life story. I don't know what he does, you know. But I, I know that what I do know, what I think at least, is he had also the right people around him. He saw what his dad, and he said the story, what his dad was doing. He realized that he didn't want to be like his father, <clears throat> you know. So, you know, like, like, like some people, I forgot what it, who, who said it, but like some people look at their parents, for instance, and they say, my dad was alcoholic. So there's two sons, right? And the father's an alcoholic. So one of the sons became an alcoholic because his father was an alcoholic, right? The other son did not become an alcoholic. Why? Because his father was an alcoholic. You get it? So yeah, it's the yeah. interpretation. So like, for instance, Brad or anybody else, he probably seen like what's good, what's bad. Plus, I'm sure he was involved with the right crowd. You know, he had to be involved in the right crowd because if there were all all these jerks around him, let's say he had a gr- bad group of friends. I mean, I, there has to be somehow, man, you got to take your mind off of that life and go into the life because you see the other people succeeding, whoever it is, right? So I'm sure he had that as well. Some just don't have I'm that. actually reading six months to six figures right now, and they, they brought up an example exactly like that. Alcohol. One kid became an alcoholic, one became really Right, I heard it somewhere. What was the reason? Because he, how could I live any other way? They both had the same answer. They got, they went into foster care and then they both interviewed him 15 years later. It's a true story. It's at the end of the book of six months to six figures. But, um. Oh yeah? yeah, Six months to six figures? 
Yeah, by Rob, uh, Peter Vugd. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. I, I, I listened to it. I'm an audible guy. It's a few hours, not very long. But um, figures, yeah. yeah, it's probably in the last. It's an amazing book. He's, he just had another one come out. But um, but what's yeah. what's next on the uh, agenda? What's Radar? United's coming up and uh, anything else coming up for you? Look, I mean, yeah, I always have events, right? So, I mean, like, for me to just name drop all these things, I mean, I, 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 I'm doing a lot of shows. So the shows are going to kick in. Um, the yeah. biggest thing is not even the shows. The biggest thing for me is there's, 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 two, there's two satisfying factors that I have in my life. The first one is that I'm able to provide not just for my family, but I'm able to show my dad that his son did something right out of his life he became somebody and i'm able to throw my dad a crazy 55th birthday party you know i'm able to take my mom she loves sunsets to this insane home you know that has like its own zip code with over 15 acres and let me tell you that's rare here in new york overlooking the sunset and pool everything and catering and whatnot i'm able to do that for my family so i love to do that my biggest I'm like a philanthropist, I should say, for the family, I should say. So do they like that? Uh, that part. Say that again? Do they, they like love it? that? Do they? They love it. Yeah, they love it. You know, they love the fact that I can do this for them. And I love it more than any than any than than any of them. Like I love to do this. I love to give. It's giving that I love more than anything else. Uh, from the professional standpoint, so that's from like as more of a spiritual, emotional family side. Um, that's my goal, to do as much as I can for my parents while they're still living and for all the people around me. That's like my inside goal, my, my inside drive, right? Uh, from a professional standpoint, um, you know, if, 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 if I can, I mean, and I have other business plans because I book a lot of people for events as well. Like where, where you know, the, the, the million dollar question, where do you see yourself in five years? That's what I'm saying. So there's a business that I want to start. So in January, I want to start this new business. Um, and it's going to be representing others. So I want to represent other talent. Because talents are great, but unfortunately, they don't know how to pitch themselves. They don't know how to sell themselves. They don't know how to sell the vision. I do. So I want so to like a magician. Say that again? Like a magician label, like a like a record label, but a magician label, like you know what I mean, like a. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not gonna be a magician label so much because it's gonna be representing not just magicians. I'm gonna represent violinists. I'm gonna represent clowns. I'm gonna represent um, anybody of, of of some type of talent, photographers even, right? But I have a certain edge. There's something that I'm working on. It's gonna be like the secret formula to this. Um, so that's so that's one thing. And then where do I see myself in five years? If I can be represented by a top agency have my own show in New York, doesn't have to be Vegas, right? And do, and do partnerships, have partnerships with big brand companies where they can throw in commercials, they can throw me into movies and they can throw me into just having even my own show. That's gonna be the big thing for me. And being able to see my other uh, business succeed. This as well, obviously, right? And, um, Hitting, hitting hard into investments, man. That's like my five-year plan. Those are the things that I want to do. It's not driving a Lamborghini or getting a freaking top-notch, crazy mansion. Those, those aren't my big, big. Goals. I saw you had a Lam Instagram. Is that a, uh, is that your Lambo or Ferrari or is that a? Uh... Which one? 
No, I don't know. I don't have a Lambo. I don't have a Ferrari, man. I, I drive a Lexus. So it's 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 a, it's a Lexus SUV. No, I don't. Somebody have else's vehicle, or you made it appear. A Lambo Ferrari. Um, I don't know which one. I I'm sure I've had both of them on there. Um, yeah. the thing is, a lot of times when I do an event, a lot of my clients have these cars. So they might yeah. say to me, for instance, like I did something with a Lamborghini. I did an effect with a Lamborghini. So the game of the car, just so I did something, and I shot a video with it, right? Right. Uh, a Ferrari, um, I have in one of my promo videos a Ferrari. That Ferrari was actually given to me by the company who I've done the event for. So I did the event for the auto company, and they had a Ferrari. In the they, they give you the Ferrari, or they give you the Ferrari to do the No, they gave me the Ferrari to just drive around. That's it. To, 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 but not to keep. No, no, definitely not, man. That's, you know, okay. Not to keep. No, 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 to just drive around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so you know, it's either I'm driving it for, for that being, you know, because the client has it, or um, I did the effect for it with it. That's it. I think I only had like two videos with it, two, two maybe three at most. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't have. I'd love to have one in the in, in the very future, but like again, that's not my goal. When I was younger, my goal was cars, man. Now I realize that's just like that's nothing, man. I, that's it's just uh, it's just a metal box. So yeah. what do you do? What do you do for fun besides? besides that do you do anything i spend time with my kids man that's my fun you know yeah. i was just when you were when we were supposed to link up earlier i was with my daughter and i'm like swinging her side to side and i'm playing with her and wrestling with her you know how much fun that is for me that's a lot of fun yeah to me that's what i like to do spend time with my family go to central park if i need to with my family um go there with my kids um i mean i you know i, I got tons of hobbies i used to be on a team playing ping pong professionally i love table tennis yeah. I kill it in table tennis, man. I kill anybody in table tennis unless you're like an Asian dude, you know. And I don't uh, mean to put that put that label on it, but bro, these Asian dudes, they're they're nasty, man. That's their sport. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we'll I have to we'll have to play ping pong sometime. I'm in. I'm actually going to. You're in. Where in Florida are you guys? Jack. You're in Jacksonville. Okay, so North I'm going to be in Miami. I'm going to be in Hollywood Hills. And I have okay. a tour over there, actually, from March 14th to, I mean, from January 14th to March 14th. I have a two-month tour. It's just literally, this tour is a private tour. It's not a public tour. It's a private tour of just, I lined up a bunch of clients that I have there who are going from New York to there. Because I realize, like, every year my clients are going from New York, a lot of them, and living half the, the, half the year there because it's cold here. So I right. said to myself, you know what, let me get this corporate month. I'll do the November to December because that's the busiest time for any performer. Um, and then in January, I'll kick in. So I just hit up every single one of these clients and I said, hey, man, who wants to hire me? Let's do it. January 14th to March 14th is what I booked. So I'm going to be there in that area, man. So if I swing around that town of yours or maybe you come a little bit closer to me, I'll link up yeah. with you. Sure. Uh, thanks for coming on, Alex. What are you doing? The rest no problem. Thank you so much, guys. Pleasure meeting you, Joshua. Andrews, nice seeing you again. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Stay pretty safe touch, that Alex with his his skill sets will uh, will never be broke again. No, never, never, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, right, thanks, Alex. Look forward to seeing you guys. Have in a good Thank, thank you. Right. Thanks. I'll be All there, right. man. I'll hit you up when I'm there. Bye. Solid.